Hey guys, Colin here with the Chargers Powder Hour Podcast. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 17, and it's already flying by. Thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. If you haven't already, you can follow us at Powder Hour Pod LA, both on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news and updates about the pod. Bolt up. what's up we are back episode number 17 how we doing man doing good doing great how about yourself doing fantastic it is hot as balls today but you know got the nba finals on tonight we got uh some baseball going so you know i can't complain too much i spent most of my my day inside yeah, no, I think it's I think it's 106 here in Grand Island, Nebraska today. Lincoln's probably similar. So, not yeah, a bad it's... not a bad day to stay inside in the AC and record an episode. So, not at all, man. Um yeah, I think pretty much most of the country is just burning up today. Um but yeah, it's like 99 here in Lincoln and I think it feels like 106 or 107. So, it's just fucking brutal absolutely brutal no kidding but so we're here though we're here we're recording we're obviously inside so i want to say that we're braving out the conditions but we're inside under an ac so not really oh yeah dude i i took my dog out like an hour ago and uh yeah i was out for like five minutes i'm like nah i can't do this i need to go back inside it's nasty it's like that's a no from me dog so muggy warm windy just hot as shit so not not a good combo but yeah we uh we're back like i said for episode number 17 um not a lot of charger news what's that philip rivers baby number 17 that's right yes in honor of philip rivers um maybe maybe one day he'll he'll get his one day contract and he'll get a nice ceremony i don't know we can hope no kidding so, but uh, I don't know when that we'll have to discuss that sometime in the future because that's definitely up in the air when that's happening. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. But I, I, from what I've seen, it's basically that I mean, he's not ready to retire, retire. He like he's always he's leaving yeah. like a you know kind of like a a door open if that ever comes his way. But yeah, I, I hope it happens eventually. Um, he definitely deserves it. I mean, I grew up watching you know Phil throw bombs to, you know, Malcolm Floyd, uh, Keenan Allen, Vincent Jackson, Sadie Azure 2-2. Legadoo Nane. 
So yeah, yeah, okay. do none, eh? yeah, yeah. I would love to see Phil get his uh, his day in the sun because he definitely deserves it. But yeah, we can definitely talk about that another time because that would be. I, de- I definitely have some more thoughts on that for sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's pretty much written in stone that it will happen. The question is just when. So. Yeah, because I think I mean, he was there for 16 years. He's obviously got to be pretty tight with ownership, you know, with with the Spanos family. They're probably yeah. not best buds by any means, but you know, business wise, professional wise, I mean, you know, there there never seemed to be any any rift there. You know, Phil was kind of like the captain of the ship at least for the last decade yeah. that he was there really, you know, after really after LT left, I mean, even when, even when Gates was still around, I mean, it was still kind of Phil's team. So yeah. Uh, really interesting. I, I think it'll happen. I think you're right. It's just a matter of kind of like if not when, or yeah. when not if I'm sorry, I screwed that up, but um, another news, what are you drinking? Let's 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 get started off on that too. Uh today I got I got a case of them from Memorial Day, which was what like two weeks ago or something. But I got the uh, new Natty Light Natterdays, the red, white, and blueberry lemonades. So nice. I figured you know it's hot outside. I feel like I'm always talking about the weather whenever I'm talking about what I'm drinking, but it is really hot today. So I needed something cool, and this is what I found in the fridge. I got a few of them left. So what flavor? Do they come in different flavors now, or are they all the same? Well, so these ones were like Memorial Day brands, so they wanted to do red, white, blue. So this one's red, white, and blueberry lemonade, and then they have like pineapple ones, and then they have strawberry lemonade ones. And I used to just suck those things down like no other, but the hangovers off of the sweetness are- Oh, that sugar, man. Oh, man. Oh, that sugar don't make it sweet. No, I don't. I don't really drink them much anymore. But you know, I saw the new flavor came out, so I had to try them, and they're they're pretty good. But after about three of them, I'm I'm good. So, yeah, you get that, you like that feeling on your teeth where it's just like, oh yeah, it's like chalky. Yeah, it's just nasty and gross. And then you wake up the next day with the worst taste in your mouth, and it's just disgusting. Yeah, love it, man. Sounds like college. Yeah, no kidding. What are you drinking? I have a good old fashioned Cayman Jack margarita. And uh, I don't, I haven't really, I don't think I've drank these since like college. It's been a while at least. I was about um, to say, if you, if you told, if you told most of the audience who are drinking Cayman Jack and Natty Days, they would think that we're probably 16 year olds at a high school party. Oh so. yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. The reason why I'm, I'm drinking this is because uh, we had some friends over this weekend and you know, this is what they brought over. And there was one, one left over, and I'm drinking it. So I also downed. I probably drank like ten white claws on Saturday. Like I was putting in work, putting in work, man. Not for me. Not for me. You're not a white claw guy. We talked about this last episode. No, I am not a white claw guy. Oh yeah, we did. You're right. No. Yeah, well, no, I was drinking drinking claws, so that's why I probably don't remember. Ain't no laws. A little fuzzy there. Ain't no laws. So. <laughs> yeah, man. No, the Cayman, the margarita, like Cayman Jack, is actually. I mean, it's probably the at least from the ones I've had, like the you know margaritas in a can, margaritas in a 
in a bottle or in a drink or whatever. Um, yeah, because it's like it, it actually tastes pretty close to an actual margarita. The other ones are kind of too too sugary, like you just said. You know, you can yeah. only have like one of them. I can at least have a couple of these, and you know, it's like I've had a couple margaritas like at you know at the sports bar. Yeah, almost tastes the same. They are pretty good, so I'll give you that. But heck, yes, man. All right, well, let's get things started off. Um, I heard you have a you have, well, you came up with the icebreaker, and then I added a little little sizzle to it. Yeah, you modified so, it a little bit, but I like it. So, all right. Well, do you want me to announce it, or do you want to announce it? I'll announce it because I want to hear your answer first. So, our our icebreaker okay. today is: Who is one? We've talked before a few episodes back. I think we said what was a former Chargers player that we would want to add back onto our current roster. So, kind of going along those lines, who is an AFC West, either current or former, division rival player? that you would want to add onto our roster, but they can't be a former charger. So we were talking before, like dudes like Melvin Ingram, when he was on the chiefs, Casey Hayward, when he was on the Raiders, like guys like that, we're not going to count. So who is a former AFC West or current AFC West rival that you would want to add to our current roster? Ooh, that's wow. That's, I know we, we've already gone over this, but that the more that I think about it, it's a really good, really good question. Great icebreaker. Um, yeah, because you got to go. I mean, obviously Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs. Um, I mean, to make the most sense of it, you got to look at the current roster and and kind of analyze our, our strengths and our weaknesses, and then kind of go from there. You know, obviously, as great as some division rival quarterbacks have been, I'm probably not going quarterback. Probably not going receiver as as well the receiving room i think we have i'm 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 okay there um you know it's really like von miller's like one of the first guys that comes to mind yeah and yeah what's ironic is he was he was available this this offseason and, and could have been a, a potential you know fit for the chargers but obviously you know he decided to go to buffalo so I'm thinking Von Miller off the top of my head because, you know, he's a, I know he's more of an edge guy. Um, but I'm thinking, I mean, this team, this team is, is little, is weak on, on my linebacker. You know, they're weak. They're a little weak on the edge. I mean, they're, they have some depth now, which is good. Um, so that's, that's why I keep gravitating toward Von Miller. But... Yeah, I'm gonna go Von Miller. Von Miller, even with our current yeah. roster with Khalil Mack and yeah, because here, yeah, because I think you can move Mack around a little bit and find space to fit Von Miller in there as well, and then then you're looking at a potential defensive line that's got Joey Bosa, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day. Yeah, I mean okay. that is that's insane. That would like that. It's not necessarily a need. It would just put this team over the fucking top when it comes to winning the, the trench battle and and having a dominant, probably the most dominant defensive line in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also try to think defensive backs. You know, who are some legendary defensive backs? Eric Berry would be 
a really a really fun guy to have back in the secondary to be you know kind of running the the show back there um so he would be up there probably you know towards the top there um i mean it it could be anyone right i mean it, it can be guys from the 70s guys from the 80s like any decade hall of famer or not legendary you know it could be maybe you know maybe this team just needs a, a solid role player in the secondary you know or yeah so there's a lot of different areas a lot of different ways you could go but i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna stick with defense stick with the defensive line to keep adding to that fucking monster of a unit and and throw a uh, von miller in there i like that it's um, miller time baby it is Miller time. You brought up defense. This isn't my answer, but you brought up old defensive back, and it made me think like a dude like Steve Atwater, Broncos legendary safety. That would be fun. Yep. Or Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, my answer, I'm actually going to go with a current player in the AFC West on the other side of the ball, surprisingly. I might get a little bit of hate for this, but my probably favorite player in the league that's not a Charger is on the Raiders, and it's Darren Waller. I'm gonna oh, add Dar- I'm gonna add Darren Waller to this offense and give Justin Herbert another weapon to throw to. The reasons why I like Darren Waller, um, I mean he's been on a few of my fantasy teams, so he's a little biased there. But um, I love his story. Um, he like overcame a really bad opioid addiction. Um, he was cut by the Ravens, and now he's found his foothold as a top probably three tight end in the league. And he kind of shapes that Raiders offense, honestly. And I just think I think he's just like a really good dude, and I think that he just like is – he's just like kind of an inspiration to a lot of people. Um, and, again, his talent obviously is second to none. Um, he's just yeah. a big dude. He, I think – Justin Herbert would have the time of his life thrown to him. So I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Yeah, that that's great answer. That's, I mean, anytime you can add an all, all world tight end to an already insane offense. I mean, God, that that's, that's fun to think about. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great answer. I mean, I was thinking more past because I'm thinking, yeah, there are good current players, yeah. but, I mean, think about all the the, the legends of uh, you know of yesterday. But man, yeah, Darren Waller. That's where would you put him? Like, quick side note: where would you rank him as far as tight ends? Um, in today today's current um, probably three behind uh, three or four behind Kelsey and Kittle, and then probably Mark Andrews would be. Mark Andrews and him could probably be flip flopped. I'm I honestly I don't hate Travis Kelsey either. Um, he's one. He's probably the only player on the Chiefs I don't absolutely loathe. But see, I fucking I would, hate Travis Kelsey. <laughs> really, I don't. I don't. Hate I, Travis I've hated Kelsey. Travis Kelsey pretty much since like I knew who he was. Um, and it makes me even. It angers me even more that like, he's become what he's become. Because I remember him like when he was still like a fucking nobody doing his dumbass dance moves, like whenever he'd score a fucking touch. And he's just big ass white dude, which like I'm not saying white guys can't dance, but I'm just saying like I don't know. I I just never I've never fucking been on the the Travis, I don't Travis know. Kelsey. 
I wouldn't call myself a Travis Kelsey fan, but I just hate him a lot less than a lot of Chiefs players. So, like, yeah, I mean, you, you're not gonna you're gonna dislike any any uh, player that plays for a division rival. Um, but I feel like there's definitely other Chiefs players that I would I could like before I could like Kelsey. He's like, and he's uh, I, I I used to, I mean I don't have to worry about him anymore. Tyree Kill is gone, but. Yeah, he's he's up there for like most hated Chiefs for me, Travis Kelsey. God, if I want to, okay, now we're just getting a little off topic, but most hated Chief. Sorry, I want to add mine in. Daniel Sorensen. I hate that dude. I know he's Daniel not on the Chiefs anymore, but I hate that dude so much. I swear to God, I saw yeah, Phil, he didn't, so many picks to that guy. Yeah, Phil fucking did. I remember. I think I can think of like two or three off the top of my head specifically that Daniel Sorensen. Um. <laughs> Fucking intercepted, and yeah, he got, but he didn't get re-signed this this off season, right? He's he's gone. Yeah, no, he's on like the Saints now, and I know that like oh, okay. all of Chiefs Nation like hated that dude too, and like I'm with them. <laughs> I hated that guy so much, yeah. but they hated him because he sucked. But I swear to God, he he only balled out against the Chargers. I think he might have been teammates with Michael Davis at BYU. Did he go to? I don't know. He went to BYU, but I think he went to BYU. I, don't I have no Screw idea when, what eras they both were there. I don't know. If they I overlap, but I'm just thinking that that's a possibility because, yeah, I think I want to say he's BYU. But, yeah, no, fuck the Chiefs. Fuck anyone that plays for him. Don't like him. Fair enough. <laughs> oh. No, I, but, I, 100% uh, agree, I 100% agree with you. I hate Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's to put it bluntly. Place. That's to put it bluntly. But – Cool man, good icebreaker. So you're going. Did you did you make your final decision? Yeah, that's Darren Waller. Darren Waller. All right. Darren Waller. Darren Waller and Von Miller. Those would be two pretty pretty solid additions, if I do say so myself. Um, especially going into you know this um, upcoming season. Um, one of the one of the exciting things too about the NFL is that it's finally getting to the point where it's kind of like the NBA is where every off season is a dramatic, you know, there's, there's big moves happening and it just changes the entire landscape of the conference. So that's going to be really exciting. Cause I feel like where teams were just a couple months ago when the season ended, like it's already, I mean, so much shit has changed. It feels like, like in years past, it feels like, you know, we, it would take three years to get to this point. Yeah. Of, you know, three off seasons of trades and, and signings and moves. And, um, but here we are six months later and it's like going to be a completely fucking different AFC. So I'm just excited for that too. That's going to be a really fun thing to watch throughout the season is kind of see how these teams stack up against each other. But uh, that gets me into our, our first uh, topic of discussion today. Um, who do you think, on the Chargers roster this season, uh, and I want, I want to focus on one side of the ball at a time here, so we'll focus on the offense first. Who do you think is pegged to have you know, the biggest breakout season and or just be the, the biggest surprise? Because it seems like every year there's a player or players that aren't, you know, they don't get a ton of love in the offseason, and they're not necessarily, like, considered key players or starting guys, but they almost always seem to make an impact at some point down the stretch. I mean, who do you think 
you know, it doesn't have to be a, a second year player. It can be a vet, you know, maybe they're coming off a, a down year. Who do you think's poised to kind of have that, that breakout season and, or, you know, kind of get back to, you know, like the prime prime of their career. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a guy that we've talked about a few times on the pod already. Um, I might steal your answer here. Hopefully not, but there's a chance. I'm not going with the veteran. I'm not going with the second-year player. I'm going with rookie Jamari Salyer out of Georgia. I think that dude was the, maybe this one of the steals of the draft in the sixth, sixth round, sixth-round pick. Um, he was on that Georgia team that won the championship. He was probably their best offensive lineman. I don't want to quote – don't quote me on that because I don't really – I can't really name any of, the, of their other offensive linemen. But he definitely was a main – a huge reason for that championship for that offense there at Georgia blocking for Stetson Bennett. Um, I think that he yep. can surprise a lot of people. I know we talked about before that we wouldn't be surprised if he were to take over uh, that right tackle spot or maybe find his way into the guard rotation and really shine uh, this upcoming season. So I'm going to go with Jamari Salyer, the rookie out of Georgia, six round pick. Wow. I love that pick. You're, you're on fire today. That's yeah. your that's two for two now. You've had you've had really solid answers. You're really putting the pressure on me. Um, no, I think that's a great answer. Um, I think I love that you picked a rookie because you know there's there's not really especially. I mean, he was picking what the the fifth, sixth, sixth round pick, sixth. So especially sixth round pick, you know, there's not a ton of pressure, not a lot of expectation. You're not getting the, you know, all all the pressure that you know a first round pick is getting per se. So he definitely is able to or can slide into a role I think somewhere on the line the fact that he's plays everywhere on the line is another reason why you know, I think we drafted him is for that versatility that now that flexibility of you know that Brandon Staley has talked about it before this offseason you know depth doesn't just mean you know next guy up it also means you know hey how much of an athlete are you? Are you are you able to play different multiple positions and, and move and be spread around and and help us you know fill in when we need to be you know have help filled in? So yeah, I think because of that too, he's he's definitely one of those those players, one of those guys in the team that um, can have a quote unquote surprising season just because I don't think there's a ton of, uh, expected of him. So that's that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, so that would be my answer. Offensive side of the ball, who do you got? Who's in mind for you? Uh, mine's on the defensive side of the ball, and we kind of talked about him a little bit before we uh, hopped on and, and started recording, but I'm going Michael Davis. Mm-hmm. And I like that I'm going Michael Davis because right now, you know, as we sit here on June 13th, you know, he's going to be in the CB3 battle with Bryce Callahan. And I haven't made an official prediction. Maybe I have, maybe I've, I don't know. I can't remember what I've said on here so far, <laughs> but uh, I haven't made an official prediction on who I think is going to take that, that spot as CB three, but either, either way, I mean, whether or not Michael Davis wins that position battle or not, I think he needs to have a, a break. You know, he had a breakout season two seasons ago, and then we had the scheme switch you know, Gus Bradley leaves, Brandon Saley comes in, he takes a step back this last season. Um, and it's, they're asking him to do 
completely different things. And, you know, Gus Bradley and company, you know, worked with him on and, and developed him into be an NFL cornerback. I mean, it's completely different. So he kind of, I think, lost his identity a little bit last off season. And I hope he can kind of, re, you know, find that um, this off season and, 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 and take a step forward because whether he's the third cornerback or the fourth cornerback, for the Chargers to have legitimate depth, he's gonna have to have a he's gonna have to step up either way, whether he's CB four because if he, that and that that just means better things for the Chargers if he's CB four and still playing upward of last year because that means Bryce Callahan, you know, is CB three and and playing really well and that means the Chargers have four really solid corners, um, at least going into the season. So that that's my uh, my pick is. It's Michael Davis. I like that. That's a good answer. That he would be one that I would say on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, yeah. So, you went offense. I went defense. Now, who do you have on the defense? And I'll give you my off. I kind of messed that up. I forgot we we're going offense first. Oh well. Um. Shoot. Well, now I got to think. Okay. Um, well, I can give you. I can give you my offense if you want some time to think about it. No, I, I got, got my. I got it. Okay. I got it. So one guy that I – it's one of those things that I kind of want to speak it into existence. Well, give me Kenneth Murray on our defense. If, Ooh, if we need anything. Solid pick. You know how good our – Three for three today. You know it's how good it would be if that dude would just step up and become the player that we drafted at 23 two years ago? Oh, man, it yep. would actually be insane. So I, I'm – it's not more the fact that I think it'll happen. I don't really know what I think. Um, I think it can happen, but I don't want to say for sure that it will happen. It's kind of more that I just want it to happen, so I'm going to try to speak it into existence. I think if a dude like that were to break out, it would totally shape this defense into an absolute juggernaut. So give me Kenneth Murray. Another great answer, man. You're, you're on fire today. Give me Kenneth <laughs> Yeah, because that means, I mean, if Kenneth Murray steps up and, and, like you said, can get back to that player that we envisioned him at, you know, when we took him at 23, I mean, that gives this defense another big boost and elevates that level of play to another another tier. I mean, we talked about it a lot and how linebacker, you know, there's probably, um, you know, a lot of times on, on the field this season, there may only be one linebacker out there depending on what formation they're in. But, you know, that's probably going to be Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, or maybe even a little bit of Kyle Van Noy from time to time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from all the news and reports, it's, I mean, he's still supposed to be ready to go by by uh, by camp, right? Or are they saying by, by season? I think I've by seen, camp because I think – Yeah, I've seen camp at the – last thing I've seen was camp, so – yeah, because I think I mean that's yeah, because I think they're assuming him, you know, to be ready for week one. So that would mean that he's in camp and and um, getting back up to speed. So yeah, great pick. My uh, my pick for the offensive side, I'm actually going Donald Parham for kind of like similar reason why you would have added Darren Waller to this team. Um, it's just because. 
and I, the, I think the easier the easy answer for me on offense was going to be Trey Pipkins, but I'm going Donald Parham instead. Okay. Because I think it elevates this offense. It moves the needle more for this offense to have a, a legit tight end threat um to go to go right along with your, you know, receiving receiving core and your backfield more than it does to have an average average to good right tackle out there when the rest of the line is pretty fucking solid. I think yeah. I saw PFF had their uh, preseason offensive line rankings and the chargers came in at number 12. And that was assuming that the combination was going to be Slater, Filer, Lindsley, Zion and, and Pipkins. So yeah, I, I mean, Donald Parham, I was really bummed to see him kind of go down at the end of last year. I'm glad that everything is cleared and he's back to football and, and um, hopefully he gets back to doing what he was doing on the field. Cause dude is a unicorn. Can we talk about that for a second? Like a legit unicorn. And 100%. I would like to see him get more touches, especially now that, I mean, I know we have Gerald Everett, but I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been a big fan of Parham from day one. I bought stock from day one and I'm still buying stock. Love it. Love to hear it. I I, I yeah. love that pick. Uh, Parm's, he's been a fan favorite, I think. I mean, chicken parm, you got to love it. So, Dude, I, came, I love, from the, I like came from the XFL? Yeah, he was on one of the XFL teams. I don't, I can't recall. So, which one, but yeah, yeah, just a cool story. Um, and he's like, he's one of those guys that came from the XFL um, and like actually looks like he belongs in the league. It's pretty cool. Hundred percent. Yeah, we haven't seen many dudes yeah. come from the XFL and play out in the league as some teams have hoped. But he would be one of them when he's healthy. He he's he's a big target. What is he? I think he's six six. I want to say six nine. I want like six eight, six nine. Dude, he's yeah. a unicorn. Exactly. I'm telling he's, you, bro. He's massive. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Place. And uh, I mean, tight end is just a position that I think. I mean, it kind of haunted us a little bit last, and we've been so spoiled with it over the last twenty years. Whether it's Gates. Hunter Henry, we even got some good years out of Ladarius Green back in the day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a position that we've always kind of been spoiled at, and I feel like, I mean, Jared Cook, just I get like, like hot flashes of him like misreading a route and, and Herbert getting picked off or, you know, a ball bouncing off his hands or I, all the drop passes. I I just that's such a premium position um, that I know. Lombardi wants to use in that offense and yeah I just think that Parham can can find a way to step up and and uh, like step up and, and win the just win the fucking position like I know they're probably going to do a lot of split time with him and Everett but like just have a hell of a camp come out like be the starter and I think that's I mean if he does that he'll get the reps that he needs to to have a breakout season so yeah, you forgot a you forgot a name. You've got John Phillips off that tight end list, by the way. So just just want to give John Phillips the respect <laughs> yeah. that he deserves. But uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. I like I like that pick. So, Brandon Manu 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 Maliuna. Did I have to pronounce that Huma, right? No, it was Humo Wanaui or Humo. Yeah, whatever. I don't know how to say it either. Yeah, no. There's been some there's been some fun characters at tight end for the Chargers over the year for sure. Um, Parm, Parm's one of them. Chicken Parm is definitely one of them. So, chicken Parm, baby. So, Good stuff, it. man. All right, moving forward to the last topic of discussion we have today. Um, 
another good question that we came up with. What? So it's kind of a two part question. I'll, I'll uh, kind of do the first part, and we can we'll go piece by piece here. So what player slash off season target that that the Chargers missed out on this season? Would you like what player do you wish we would have gone after? What player are they going to most regret not getting is how I would word that. Yes, great way to put it. What, what player do you regret missing out on? Whether whether it's the the free agent market, it could have been a, a, a guy in the draft that you were like, man, I fucking want this guy to be a charter so bad. Um, but yeah, who's who's your number one player that you were just like, fuck, seriously? So I'm going to go with someone realistic. Um, I want to say like Tyron Matthew, but I don't think that was ever realistic. Um, a realistic pickup that I really wanted. Um, quite a few rumors swirled around this guy last year around the trade deadline. Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle from the Bears, mm. he just got picked He's up. He's still by, unsigned, right? No, he just got picked up by the Buccaneers about two weeks ago, I believe. Last week or two weeks ago. Oh, did ago. he? Shit, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. so um, I have a few friends. Lucas, I'm sure you're listening. He's a big Bears fan. Um, I know a few, a few other people that are big Bears fans, and they just – they just raved about, oh, man, Chargers need to pick up this guy. He's a run-stopping animal, and he I'm pretty sure he was pretty decent in the pass rush for the Bears. He was like 31, though, so not really the right yeah. side of 30. But for pass rushers, I mean, we've seen older pass rushers really fill into a pretty good role for some teams. Some veterans fill into roles when they're on the wrong side of 30 as pass rushers in this league and run stuffers in this league. I mean, we picked up Linville Joseph. He was a pretty decent piece for us for, what was it? Did we have him for a year or two years? Two years. Two, two years. years. Yeah, His first year like was that. a big, big letdown just based off, like, I think he was an all pro the year before. As yeah. He wasn't, like, wasn't great, it, but he definitely showed flashes for his age. He showed some flashes. He actually, he, yeah, he showed a really strong first half of the season then got covid and then it yeah. was never really the same afterwards. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's definitely one of those guys that I think we kind of whiffed on and high, you know, when you look back and now the dust has kind of settled, but no. Yeah. I mean, Akeem Hicks definitely, I mean, you know, I think that definitely would have been like maybe one of the next guys in line. Had we not gotten some of the guys that we like, had we missed out on maybe Sebastian Joseph day or, you know, Austin, Austin uh, Johnson. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, he's – because he was in Chicago when Staley was there too, right? Yeah. So, again, yeah, a guy – I mean, he got yeah, that Staley connection there. Yeah, very familiar with Staley's defense. So, he was definitely somebody that I kind of wanted to see in the powder blue, but I'm not – He definitely was on there. I can't imagine he wasn't on, on their board at least. Yeah, I think he had to have been. And I don't think – I think he probably would have pretty pretty cheap price tag, but – so yeah. that's too bad, but I'm not really that. It's not going to keep me up at night. But that would be one guy that came to mind first as someone that I kind of okay. want. Yeah, it's another solid pick. Um, you know, I'm going to go. As I was thinking about it, I'm going to probably I'm going to take it to the draft. Um, because there were some guys that I really, you know, there, there were some big, big name blockbuster names that you know Chargers could have kind of gone in after. I mean, Von Miller bringing him up again. You know, ironically, he was another guy that, you know, um, Chargers kind of could have thrown their hat into that ring and said, hey, you know, but I never honestly saw it happening just with him being a longtime Bronco. 
I don't know. I just, you know, I, I feel like Buffalo is a good spot for him. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to focus on a rookie that initially, because of injuries, was not supposed to go very high. And then as we got, you know, further on in the draft process, you know, his physicals came back good. He got cleared. He, he, he ran amazing at his pro day and then dramatically climbed back up the draft charts. But oh my god, I still I still have just like thoughts of like what could have been. But Derek Stingley, yeah, really really wanted him to be a Charger. I saw uh, that more, in some comments, but yeah, more so than any like other rookie in this current draft class. Um, you know, he's really the only rookie that I, I would. I mean, I really like Kyle Hamilton, but even then, Kyle Hamilton didn't give me the like. Like, ooh, like, you know, I was like, oh, my God. Like, if, you know, that that's like another Derwin. If he would have fallen to the Chargers, that that just would have been incredible. But, yeah, just picturing what, you know, how he could have been back there with J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis. I mean, that's, yeah, that keeps, that, yeah. that one does keep me up at night a little bit. But not as much because, you know, that's, it's the draft. Things are, you know, not nearly as in, you know, in your control as they are, you know, let's say like in, even in free agency, but lots of, lots of stars and planets aligning for, for that to have happened. But um, yeah, he's, he's the, the one that I kind of miss out on the most, I guess. Yeah. I, I like that answer. So if we were, he was, I was high on him too. We were both pretty high on him, but again, went all the way up into three. So he was kind of a yeah. guy who had some question marks as to where he was going to fall. Sounded like maybe there was a chance, a shot in the dark that he would be there at 17, but oh, well, it is, you, it is. Well, and I, I think the first, like some of the early mocks after the college football playoffs had him in like the, like early twenties. Yeah. That sounds right. Because that, of, because of his injury and stuff, obviously. I mean, if he, had Got he never been injured, he, yeah. Had he never been injured, he would have never been in, in the discussion. But, oh well. All right. And then the second part of that question, because it was a two-parter, was, and this is actually, I think this is what I contributed to this this discussion. Um, who are you going to miss the most on this roster from last season? So, out of the the players that departed. Who are you going to miss the most going into 2022? All right. I want you to go first because I have two guys in mind. So I want you to go first in case you take one of them so I can say the other one. Okay. I kind of also have two guys in mind, but I will okay. pick okay. one just to be – just for the sake of the question. I will I will decide and I will choose one. My player that I am going to miss the most, um, not a huge – not a huge impact, but – I'm going to miss it, and we did kind of get his replacement, but Andre Roberts, man. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I, that's I, I was so skeptical once we signed him, and then, like, what, it was like week seven or eight last year? I think the game that I went to in New England, I think that was the first game he suited up for us. But, I mean, I, I at the time when we signed him, the, the narrative, the storyline was – this guy is going to like single-handedly like turn around our special teams woes. You know, he's going to take the ball out to the 30 every time. 
you know, he's going to break one, you know, he'll, he'll have the occasional, you know, return down inside the, tw- I mean, just guy was a- athletic as fuck, like just super athlete. And he did almost exactly that. Like he, our, our special teams, I mean, at least like punt returning, kick returning units, the first seven weeks of the year last year were just God awful. Yeah. God awful. I mean, they really have been bad, honestly, the last handful of years, but it was bad. I mean, I think, I think they were averaging like their yards per return was like under 20. I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. So and I'd have to go back and look at that, but I just know it was bad. And that sounds, that sounds about right. But yeah, and he just comes in and, um, you know, field position is, is a, a big thing. And, in the game of football and you know they don't have to take to the house every kick return to to make you feel their presence um you know that they can do simple things like hey just just flip the field and uh that can that can turn the game around completely change the whole game so um it's one of those smaller things that you know we like i said we, we signed andre carter or deandre carter excuse me and uh you know, we know he's a speedy guy. We know he's a kind of a return specialist as well. And um, I, I just hope he has has as much success as Andre Roberts did last year because I, looking back on the, his season, I'm still amazed. Yeah. I'm still blown away by what he was able to do. One guy basically was able to turn around an entire unit. And, yeah, I mean, he's the most important guy on that unit. He's the guy running the fucking ball. But, yeah, I mean, I just – I haven't seen that happen in the last handful of years where we've had bad returners and we've tried to fix it and it's just never, whatever we do never really works. So yeah, that's, that's going to be one guy I'm definitely going to miss going into this next season. Yeah. I like that answer. Cause that was one of the two that I was going to pick. So now I'm happy you said that. So I can go with my other one, but uh, I'm happy you brought up Deandre Carter. Um, our first question today was who's a guy that's not getting talked about that you think can really shape our team, I think that was a severely underrated signing. I think Brandon Staley and Lombardi are going to have some fun ideas on what to do with them on offense. And obviously in the return game, it's good to get a younger guy than Andre Roberts is back there like that, who has some experience. So um, that would be another good answer for that question that I was, I was leaning towards going with, but I went with Sawyer instead. But so my guy that we got rid of in the off season was somebody that I think all of Bolt Nation can be with me, especially for the price tag at which he signed with to the Philadelphia Eagles, Kaiser White. Uh, yeah. Kaiser's been yeah. I've been a huge fan of him since we drafted him out of West Virginia, and he's just he. It seems like every single year he just got better and better. And last year he was a complete backer. He, I mean, he was a baller last year. And then he signed for what one year five million or was it even less than that? Was it only two million? I can't, I can't remember what he signed like three, for. I want to say it was like three mil. It might have been three mil, but the, I mean that is just so incredibly cheap for a guy of that talent who's. Who, but the Chargers were never. Out. The Chargers were never going to get him for that price tag, considering. I like, know. Well, I mean, because when when, when you resign, no, here's the thing: when you resign with a team, like you're always going to ask for more because you know. Hey, you've seen me every day for the last five years. You know who I, you know, what kind of player I am, who I am, how good I am. Like, give me what I'm worth. Like, you don't try to lowball me. Whereas, 
you know, outside teams that are, you know, getting these guys, you know, maybe they're coming off their first contract and then, and then they sign with a different team. Well, those teams are getting those guys on, on different circumstances. Those teams are getting those guys on, on cheaper deals because they're like, well, we don't really know you. You have to prove it to us. You have to, you know, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll load the deal with incentives and stuff like that to take care of them. If they do have an insane year, I mean, that's, that's kind of how NFL contracts work, but um, yeah, no, that's, that's just a thought. Yeah, I, I get that, but I, I don't think it would have been much more than what he did sign for, but yeah, I'm going right, to miss like him. Maybe they probably would have got him for like in the five to six range. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think what his production showed last year, I think that he would have been worth that. But again, this defense doesn't utilize linebackers like some delusional people on Twitter still think that they do. The people who wanted to sign Bobby Wagner for $10 million a year, that's at you. The people that but, still think Gus Bradley is our defensive coordinator. Exactly. Thank God he's not. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss Kaiser. No kidding. But uh, I'm going to miss Kaiser. Um, dude balled out last year. And, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, I – I th- I would almost said him, but I think that was I don't want to say the easy answer, but probably the most definitely the most popular answer. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was the one I think everyone everyone's gonna miss Kaiser. Um, that was the one where like he hadn't signed for weeks and it was really quiet and like there was still some kind of false hope of people like, oh man, I hope maybe you know hopefully we can resign him. And then like once the news hit, once the news broke on Twitter, you know. Uh, signs with the Eagles, it just kind of was like a kind of like a gut punch for a lot of fans. I mean, even myself, to be honest with you, I was like, man, that's just it's a tough one to that lose. Sucks. Yeah, no kidding. So cool, man. Well, um, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, do you have anything else you want to throw in there? No, that's that's really all I got. Again, I think I I feel like a broken record say this every episode, but it's kind of the dead dead part of the off season right now. So it's kind of fun to come up with questions like this and just kind of get the discussion rolling. Um, if you guys have any thoughts for your own, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. So yeah. That's oh, I, do have, I do have another question for you. I just thought of it. All right. Let's hear it. Who do you got tonight in the finals Celtics or Warriors? Well, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Oh yeah. So, okay. Um, I'll go Celtics. Go C's, baby. Go Celtics, Jason Tatum. Um, he's his stat line tonight: thirty-eight, nine, and seven. Mark my words: thirty-eight, nine, seven. So, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I'm rooting for Boston, but I think, I think Golden State will find a way to win it in seven yeah, games. I probably. think Boston wins tonight, and then I think because they've been insane off games where they've coming off losses, they've been fucking insane. Like the next game. Yeah, so I, I, I think they'll have a huge third quarter again. It seems like whatever team is going to win this finals is going to be the team that scores the most points in the third quarter. At least that's how it's gone the first three games. So I can already we'll see. see like I can see Boston winning tonight. Golden State going back to Boston, stealing a game in Boston, and then it sets it up for a game seven in Golden State, and it's going to be like fucking. Hey, here come the Warriors. Oh, Golden State's win. winning. Golden State's winning Game Six. It's Game Six. Clay. I mean, he's not Game Six. Clay doesn't miss. So there's no way that Golden State loses Game Six. Right. That, that's the way it's set up. Boston's going to win tonight. They're going to lose Game Six, and then Game Seven. It's going to be a fucking 
Warriors parade. Probably. Unfortunately. I mean, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong, but I mean, that the Celtics, but whatever. I didn't think the Golden State was going to lose to Toronto. I was really, I was genuinely surprised in that series. So who knows? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Good stuff, man. Well, that does it for us. Uh, you guys listen to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 17. Shout out Philip Rivers, RIP, never forgotten, even though he is alive and well, but he is not a Charger. So hopefully one day that, you know, Chargers can figure their shit out and, and we can have a Philip Rivers ceremony. No kidding. I don't know. I just thought of that. Yeah. Just wanted to yeah. throw that throw that in there one one last time before we, we cut out. <laughs> 17, the Philly Riv episode. So that's right. That's right. All right, man. I'm gonna get out of here. Have a good rest of your night and uh bolt up. Hell yeah, baby. All right, peace. <laughs>